Hello and welcome to Storytime with Tom and Mike. I'm Tom. And I'm Mike. We have a special guest tonight, uh, Tony from Tony. What is it? Uh, God Chat with Tony and God, uh, which I uh, happen to think is a brilliantly hilarious podcast. It's, it's short. It's sweet. It's funny. It, it's right on brand with my sense of humor. And I really, really enjoy it. Welcome, Tony. Uh, thank you very much. And, and thank you for being able to allow, allow me to join you on your on your on your show. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's called God Chat with God and Tony. God was quite specific about having his name twice and only mine uh, once. Uh, and, and I got it backwards. I said Tony and God. Clearly, we almost had to call this Tom's story time with Tom and Mike. It was the same kind of a situation, (laughs) but uh, he ultimately relented and didn't make it that way. So, yeah, yeah. I get it. God size egos. It happens when they're they're good. They're good. You know, (laughs) you live in what part of Australia do you live in? Uh, I live in Queensland, which is sort of on the east, east and east coast. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess it'd be interesting to talk about like some of the cultural differences that we would see, like what, what is a typical, and this is a, almost a stupid question, but like, what's a typical day in the life of uh, an Australian living in your part of the country? Um, well, Queensland's actually known as the sunshine state. Okay. Uh, so we've got good w- weather. So I'd sort of uh, equate it to uh, Florida sort of weather. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Palm trees. It's quite tropical. Um, yeah, we usually get up and fire the barbecue up. Get some uh, get some shrimps on it. Have a beer. <laughs> um, a Foster's yeah. correct. Yeah, we yeah we drink plenty of Fosters and then all we, right, all right. Let's make sure we get the uh, stereotypes. Yeah, and, and then sort of after lunch, it's uh, it, we get our kangaroos out and have kangaroo races. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, the weekends are far more wild. Is it true that everything in Australia is trying to kill you? Uh, no, it's it's just something we tell the rest of the world so they don't come here. Fair ah, enough. Yeah, that is an excellent strategy. Really yeah, I'm gonna is. start telling people that I have shit at my house that kills you. So stay yeah. away. Stay away, yeah. Don't knock yeah. on the door. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll let the dogs witnesses. loose. <laughs> you know how some people paint their houses in really ridiculously bright colors? I always equate that to um, the warning that creatures have yeah. in the wild where they're bright green and you know they're poisonous. Like, just don't knock on that door. <laughs> just paint your car, so paint your house like neon green and you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting you say that actually i've been before i got on this call i was uh, watching this fascinating documentary about america um six-part documentary called wrong turn okay um have you heard of wrong turn no i haven't it's sort of uh, based in west virginia um about this these sort of families that live out in the forest that um that are very sort of inbred and they sort of um hunt hunt people down oh my that's that sounds about right yeah yeah, yeah depending <laughs> on what part of the south you go to especially <laughs> i was just very close to west virginia i'm glad that i didn't dip below the border of pennsylvania today and into that area yeah it's uh, i did i did google map it. it's about five and a half hours from from where you are but yeah, yeah. it's fascinating yeah because yeah, i was out i was out towards pittsburgh today that's the reason why i ended up 
being tardy right. getting home. Yeah. yeah, because I had a, uh, got my vehicle stuck in ice day. I know you guys are in summertime down there right now. We are, yeah. Enjoying that beautiful weather. And yeah, we got, uh, it's like 18 degrees outside right now. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be about, what is that in Celsius? Like negative 10, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's it's cold, basically. It's cold, yeah. <laughs> we are uh, ignorant to the measurements the rest of the world we are, uses. Yeah, we're terrible. <laughs> we're terrible. Well, because well, what we're doing is we're too busy. We're too busy, like, especially, you know, die cutting out American flags to put on our pickup trucks. <laughs> well, that takes Try a lot it. of work. That takes a lot of it's, it's a lot of effort. I don't have time for the fucking celsius get out of here yeah it's it's, it's very true but like when you say a lot of people say that you know australia doesn't everything try and kill you yeah the the, it it is like it it is like that like when you like even the ants try and fucking well kill you i'll tell you what they're they're massive you can hear them running when they're coming towards you which is always a worry and they jump well jumping ants it's crazy wow for god's sake and if, if they, they could swim you, and fly, they take over the entire place. Yeah, basically, yeah. So yeah, yeah there's, there's lots of spiders, lots of snakes. Um, yeah, but it's fun. You know, you get used to it. Makes every day an adventure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's make sure you check your shoes. Like, <laughs> yeah. You, well, you do. Yeah, you have to check your shoes for sure because there's scorpions and stuff. Um, but yeah, it keeps you on your toes. You know. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, where you are, are there any like? Um, massive tarantulas or anything not literally where you are but where you are in america not no really no we have pennsylvania is kind of a a very uh tame area we only have a few poisonous snakes and Mm -hmm. that's pretty much it you got some some koi wolves that's the scariest thing it's a coyotes and wolves have bred together to make this thing called a koi wolf which is basically a coyote that's humongous and uh yeah wow, that's some okay. scary shit you know yeah. other than that i mean pretty much everything around here if you leave it alone it leaves, yeah, you, alone. It leaves you alone yeah 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 cool yeah which is which is good because um i don't know pennsylvania has its has its other problems you know it's a it's a it's a proudly angry state I was going to say the Republicans are more dangerous than anything around here. Yeah. 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 And there's, it's just, people are very angry here and I don't understand why they're so angry. Like, no, I, I, if I lived in Boston, I'd be like, yeah, these, these snows are wicked pizza, but you know, we're, we're talking about Pennsylvania. It's like uh, six inches of snow, maybe a a foot and a half. If you're up in the mountains, why is everyone so angry? I don't understand it. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like they're in between, isn't it? They can't get enough snow, or there's too much snow, and they're just pissed off about it. True. Yeah. yeah. Nobody yeah. wants snow after Christmas. That's it, though. They like. I want yeah. a. I want a pretty white Christmas. Yeah. And then it can just go away. Well, we don't start typically snowing nowadays until January, February. Yeah. So I next yeah. thing Pennsylvania is going to move Christmas to February, I think. Yeah, to match up with the weather. Yeah. Well, I, I really agree with the snow. Like people say, oh, isn't snow lovely? Well, yeah, for an hour. But I mean, when you got to get it off your drive, it's a pain in the ass. Like yeah. I grew yeah. up in England and sometimes we got snow and it was fun, like to throw snowballs at your brother with a, with a stone in the middle of it. That was fun. But then mm-hmm. having to clean your drive, that's not fun. That's rubbish. No, it's terrible. No. And then it turns to slush. 
I have a tractor that I plow with. I kind of enjoy doing that. So I do enjoy clearing yeah, my drive. But uh, other than that, yeah, screw it. I, I hate driving in it. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. grew up driving in it, you know, yeah. like today, uh, I, I slid down my parents' driveway and almost hit a tree because they have a pretty steep driveway. Yeah. And it's funny because we came home from where we were at and my wife's, I, I pulled up the driveway without incident and our driveway is icy too. And she, and I go, well, of course I did. I've been driving up and down this driveway for like, you know, 30 years. And oh, she's like, we were just of death. Yeah. She's like, she's like, well, you were doing it over with your parents too, you idiot. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's that's true. That's that's true. <laughs> so, Zing. From what I understand, you two are you gamers as well. You both gamers as well. From we are, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. uh, we have a let's play channel called Gaming with Tom and Mike. Yeah, we're we're currently doing a, a playthrough of Fallout New Vegas, and we're doing another one uh, that's a, a playthrough of uh, the, the game uh, Detroit Become Human. Yeah. Um, part of our channel it's only 2008 what <laughs> when the i said for part of our channel it's only 2008 <laughs> when the original fallout in vegas came out yeah. <laughs> it's a long game it is a very long game <laughs> taking a long time it's actually actually my favorite out of the entire franchise yeah it's a great game um I, I i always i always look back at it with fondness particularly the dlc uh, they did called uh, Old World Blues, which was sort of this extension where you're in this sci-fi kind of place and there's all these uh, robots left over sort of running the place. And uh, one of the there's like these mad scientists whose brains have been transferred into robots. And uh, one of them is is voiced by James Urbanek, who, who did Dr. Venture on the Venture Brothers and mm -hmm. it's a delight just for that reason alone, because you're like, yeah, I'm in the room with Dr. Venture. <laughs> so it's a, it's a, it's a good game. Uh, and, and we're going to try to do the entire run, you know, like all this mm -hmm. DLC and all that. And it's a huge undertaking. Um, and then to try and be funny on top of that is, is difficult. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the times that's a, it's like it's like watching all of the Marvel movies in order, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably yeah. longer. Yeah. And and then and then having to slog through the parts that weren't your favorite, you know, like the first just, hour of the game. Pretty much, yeah. The first <laughs> hour of the game is. Ugh. Did you ever used to play Doom? Doom, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember when you when you got the um? Well, I remember you'd have the two PlayStations at your mate's house and you'd have two TVs and you'd do deathmatch. Like the first time mm -hmm. you could sort of play to play together. I oh, never man. got to do that. Uh, oh. I, I got to do that through a landline in my my high school computer shop. Um, yeah. So me and my friend would 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 be he my friend figured out uh, camp spawn or spawn camping before. Uh, we okay. knew, you know what I mean? He was like, yeah, he had like an endless supply of rockets and he yeah. would just, he would just give me every time I spawned. Yeah. Um, and finally I was like, is there any way to go in here and change this? Interesting story about doom. My, uh, I guess he's my cousin. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, he's my he's my cousin, I think. Uh when he was young, he was a big fan of Doom and there was no multiplayer. He actually mod, wrote the mod for the multiplayer that everyone oh, wow. okay. used and they ended up hiring him. And now his son oh. works at Blizzard making uh, World of Warcraft. Nice. Wow. Yeah, um it's very interesting how like back then you could just write a mod and, and they would hire you on the strength of that kind of like old school hackers being yeah. hired, you know? Yeah. 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 I don't but, know if but, you see that as much now, but it just reminds me what you guys were talking about with fallout. Like the, I remember like, I first did doom on probably level three. Mm -hmm. Hurt me plenty. Was it hurt me plenty? Um, and then, yeah. And then I did all of doom with the next one and then all of doom and ultraviolence. And it was just like, yeah, those are the days, just sitting in a dark room, mm -hmm. shooting demons. It's just the <laughs> right on. It was simple. Yeah. It was very yeah, simple. Was. And yeah. your mind made up the rest of the story. Like, you got to decide kind of yeah. like who your character was and what he was about and and all that. Um, you know, like that. that uh, it's interesting because uh, now, you know, you've got such strong characters like like movie actors playing the roles of your protagonist yeah. yeah and it's cool i mean don't get me wrong it's cool but i don't feel like johnny depp in real life you know when i'm playing cyberpunk <laughs> 2077 i don't feel like i'm johnny depp i i, I it's cool to interact with him but in that game you kind of are him at times and it's like this That's a actually really good point takes yeah. me out of the game it's like no i want to decide who i am you know that's the big part of video gaming for me is that i can be someone that i'm not you know it's interesting you say that though because um my son plays red dead redemption like mm -hmm. a lot and mm -hmm. a lot i'd say 50 percent of his time is spent modifying how he looks and you know what i mean putting yeah. certain clothes on and hats and beards and he's like i oh, do you like this hairstyle and that's a massive part of the gaming now, uh, you know, modifying yourself to, to look like how you want to look in the game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and and I would never have done that in, in Doom. It's just like you've just got the, the sawn off shotgun, the super shotgun walking around, <laughs> wasting everything. Well, yeah. And then there's player housing and every single game I can think of has a crafting element to it now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like I, I it. A lot of times it feels like they're playing with a worn out deck of cards. These game developers, they're like, well, we have to play this card. We have to have a crafting mm -hmm. element. We have to have a mini game of some kind, like a card game that people can play and a racing game that people can play. Mm -hmm. And always. they always put these things in yep. there. And I don't know that there's any critical acclaim for those elements. It's almost like they're afraid to omit them because they're part of some magic formula they don't understand. Mm. I am a huge fan of the Assassin's Creed um, um, franchise, franchise also. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't, the Lord franchise escaped me for some reason there. <laughs> and uh, I know that recently even they have gone to the point where there is like a dice game in Valhalla that you can play. And they have this verbal jousting thing that you have to do. And then you also have to craft and build a town and everything. I'm like, if I want to build a town, I'll play Minecraft. I came in here to kill people. 
Yeah. <laughs> Not literally, of course, but uh, you know. Virtually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't come Virtual in here murder. to uh to play to build a house and everything, but yeah, unfortunately, that's the way it goes now. That's it, and you're absolutely right. A worn out deck of cards is a good way to put it, mm. where they it everything there's so many similarities between games now mm-hmm. when it comes to some of these features. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh you know, you've also got franchises that don't really innovate based on their own game. They just slap a new coat of paint on it, name a new villain, hire a voice actor, and it's you're off to the races with another. Mm. And I'm thinking like Far Cry is a great I was going to say Far Cry was the first thing that popped into my head yeah. when you said that. Yeah. Far Cry, because every everything since Far Cry 3 has been essentially the same game. Like Far Cry 4 added the the grappling hook and and i think that otherwise it's been sort of samey every time like i love the characters but the gameplay doesn't change what about i tell you something i played recently and i'm not i'm not much of a gamer admittedly but i did uh have a bit of a dabble into um sniper elite okay Mm -hmm. now the what i love about that is when you shoot somebody The little cut scene you get of the bullet going from your gun, and if you get like a headshot, it gives the you like ball a ball really... shots are the funniest. Uh, <laughs> it gives you these really detailed shots of where you've got them. It's just yes. it's, oh, like where it goes all tactical blue and like yeah, slows and you see down, the you see those you see head explode. explode. Yeah. yeah. And like I, I just felt such a child as, as a 40, 48-year-old male sitting at a computer giggling to myself playing that. It's just <laughs> there's just something really sort of interesting and, and addictive about that. That yeah. is a fun game. Yeah. I've never just played for, it. Just for that, yeah. I mean, yeah. absolutely. If, if you hit one of those critical areas, but the, yeah. the hitting him in the testes is probably the funniest. Because it shows like the bullet going in, and then like his bollocks just exploding. explodes. <laughs> oh dear, it's it's yeah. good stuff. <laughs> there was a game series, and I can't remember the name of it, but maybe you'll remember it. One of you, uh, it was a sort of like a racing game where you were to crash into people and uh, take out as many people as possible. Um, oh. It, it, there were like three or four iterations of it. But I know what you're talking about, and I can't think of the name of it. It was not Demolition Derby on the on the PlayStation. No, no, it was like Collision Course or Crash Course or something like that. I know exactly um, what you're talking about. I can't think of the name of it. So much fun! Like you would just like, all right, you run into somebody and you get so many points, and then they would like veer off and hit somebody else, and that would cause a tractor trailer to collapse and then like you would get all these bonuses for all these chain of reactions that that occurred um and and it was just it was a great game for everybody to sit in the room and see who could make do the most damage um you know yeah great stuff That's going to bother me. I'll think of it at two o'clock in the morning and be like ah I remember It's awesome. it's right on the edge of my brain too. Like I know I know I remember funny, it too. Like, how, how the brain works. How you can like just recall something if you really try hard. Like it's yeah. just where 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 does it all come from, man? It's mental. I have no idea. I wondered that myself. Like things that things that people think up too. Like where does it where does it come from? How did yeah. how did somebody invent 
you know, like air conditioning. It just, I mean, I understand the properties behind it, but the first person that did that, like, how? Yeah. Like, oh, I have condensation and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, what? That doesn't make any sense. What about oysters? Who's the first human to open an oyster and go, oh, that looks nice. I'll eat that. Yeah. Hmm. Looks like a a nice (laughs) snot. Yeah, exactly. Say it was probably the same person that saw something fall out of a chicken's butt and went, I think I'll eat that. Apart from the chocolate aspect, Mm -hmm. what's the sort of what sort of food is dominates in your part of the world? What's like the 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 weapon of choice when you're dining out uh like fried chicken cheeseburgers oh, okay. pizza oh, yeah yeah hot dogs proper american food proper american food very high yeah. fat very saturated with cheap melted cheese and and deep fried and you gotta yeah, have you the, the you... cheese on the fries it's it's a whole ordeal it's it's you terrible. know how to do it there you know yeah. you seriously know how to do like food like I've been to America quite a few times and like the food, it's just the breakfasts are outstanding. The lunches mm-hmm. are outstanding. Um, you know, the, the, you do it right. You need to come and have some breakfast with me next time you're here and we'll get Scrapple and, uh, and sausage scrapple? and all kinds of stuff. Scrapple. Oh, it's basically anything that wasn't fit to be put in sausage or hot dogs oh. off of a pig. And it's ground up into like a, almost like a paste. And then yeah. they put it in a loaf and cook it. And then you take it out and I pan fry it myself. But it is, it's indescribably good, even yeah. when you know what's inside of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's lips and assholes, but it still tastes good. <laughs> that's it. That, that's, it's, it's the one food that gets vegetarians, isn't it? Like um, bacon, like they smell bacon. There's just yes. something about the smell of pork and bacon that mm-hmm. you, humans can't resist. It's our catnip. It's human catnip. Yeah. Yeah, that is the truth. That is the absolute truth. If aliens ever wanted to enslave us or just make us pets, all they need is an uns- it's a huge supply of bacon, <laughs> and we would do whatever they want to be like. We will yeah. give you bacon. All right, cool. What planet do you want me to go to? <laughs> I don't know if you're aware or not, but not far from Hershey, actually, uh, in Middletown, Mars also has a uh, a large factory there. I wasn't aware. They make, yeah, they make Snickers, Milky Way, stuff like that. So what yeah. is it about that area that you've got three of the major chocolate producing companies of the world there? Why is it? Dairy. I think it was the dairy. Okay. The, the, I, yeah. Yeah, back back in the, around the turn of the century when a lot of that stuff was going on, I think it was just the availability of fresh milk okay. and, the, uh, and just the expansive land around the area that wasn't yeah. inhabited is probably what did it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Actually, I never considered that. Um, I know that. Well, uh, uh, Milton S. Hershey, uh, the founder of of Hershey Foods, uh, was among other things a philanthropist, and he created a school called Milton S. Hershey School, which is a school for how would you describe it, Mike? Like uh, it was initially a school for orphans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's orphan boys. Yeah, just yeah. boys. And uh, since then, it is now, uh, I believe that they charter themselves as a school for, uh, 
underprivileged, fortunate, underprivileged, yeah, yeah. Uh, boys and girls that can go there and get a good quality education, and they house them and uh, and everything else. Like they have houses with uh, with groups of kids in in certain age ranges at certain places, yeah. and uh, everything is taken care of. Everything. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And they often and there get is a like, thing called the Hershey Trust, which you you were reading about uh, the hotels in the area. Hershey Entertainment and Resorts owns Hershey Park, uh, the Hotel Hershey, the Hershey Lodge, and a bunch of other businesses around the area. They are also in. They're a sister to the Milton S. Hershey Foundation and the school under the trust. So all the money that comes from those uh, ventures goes into the trust and gets put back in with the kids not all of it obviously because yeah. it would be you know it's, yeah. it's probably trillions of dollars at this point but uh but that's that's where they get the money to take care of them from oh wow incredible yeah yeah it's uh it's it is a lovely cool. story yeah it is yeah yeah usually it's very sort of capitalist uh with these companies but yeah there's there's definitely a nice story behind hershey and it tastes really nice it does mm. Mm-hmm. Although you guys might get a different version of the Hershey chocolate than we do, because what I've understood from watching TV, especially, um, I was watching what the heck's it called inside the factory or something like that. It's on uh, Smithsonian Channel, so I think it comes from BBC maybe. Um, and they were saying that the chocolate that is in Britain and other areas in Europe is actually sweeter than ours. That ours has the tendency to be a little more semi-sweet, which I almost couldn't believe. Yeah, I would think the opposite. Once I eat it, I'm like, no, it's. It, I think it's true. I think it's true because I've had chocolate from over in Europe, and it was definitely sweeter. It I definitely had a, It had a different uh, taste to it. Yeah. I, I wonder also if, like in, in other parts of the world, a serving size for some chocolate is considered different, so a richer chocolate makes more sense. You know, because and I'll tell you this, like there's some great candy bars out there, but if I eat the whole thing, I'm down for the day, you know, <laughs> but yeah. I ate an entire candy bar. I feel guilty. That's all I ate, yeah. I ate two Snickers yesterday. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I ate two Snickers and I, I, today I was like, I can't eat any chocolate. Yeah. I just yeah. can't eat any chocolate. Well, then I went and had some Twix. So I totally uh, screwed that one up. See, I'd be <laughs> laying down. I'd be laying Go down right now. Me. I'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> Oh, too much. But yeah, I suppose England's dominated by Cadbury's. Like that's the main, that's the chocolate of choice okay. over there. Like, okay. Which is, I imagine, is very different to um, Hershey. Yeah, even even here, uh, Cadbury's chocolate is definitely a much uh, sugar, more sugary type mm. uh, flavoring to it. So um, now the the thing that my son goes nuts for is it's uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. These oh yeah. Cups. But but you have these little these little stores here, and they're very few and far between in the cities. And they have all the American chocolate and uh, soft drinks as well. It's all like proper imported Hershey's and Reese's mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. So you can get it. Excellent. And it's le- legit made in the US. Uh, that's cool. I when I was in I lived in Atlanta for a summer, Atlanta, Georgia, and. Um, the Coca-Cola like headquarters and their main factory is down there. And I, I went on a tour and I went through and at the end you go into this cafeteria 
with the biggest drink bar I've ever seen in my life. There's got to be like, I want to say like 12 to 16 banks of soda machines, like, like fountain soda machines um, with different formulations of Coca-Cola and Coca-Cola related products from all over the world. So you could walk them and see what does Malaysian Coca-Cola taste like? What does Thai, Thailand Coca-Cola taste So it's not the same all over the world? Oh, not at all. No, they have different formulations based on local yeah. palates. They have food scientists all over the world constantly trying to figure it out. Hershey does it too. I have a friend who uh, is a uh, executive at Hershey and like, oh, he's an executive food science scientist. But yeah, yeah, uh, a lot of major companies tailor their foods to the countries that are intended to consume them. I did not know that. Yeah. What was Malaysian Coca-Cola like, Tom? Kind of bitter. Weirdly enough, like more like a Hmm. root beer almost. Hmm. There you go. That is fascinating. uh, Dutch was kind of salty, (laughs) which was strange. Like a a salty (laughs) Coca-Cola. That doesn't sound appetizing to me, but <laughs> well, appara- apparently Dutch people do enjoy salty food. So, what about Dr Pepper? Where do you stand on that? I like Dr Pepper. Love it. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah. Somebody always- has said, and I just I just watched an article on this. Somebody said if you take a Coca Cola and mix it with a root beer, that you can get the Dr Pepper flavor almost perfectly. Hmm. So I'm curious. Now, I haven't done it yet. When I do, I will be sure to talk about it. Mm. I haven't done it yet, but I, I'm going to because I love I love Dr. Pepper. Mm. It's a good beverage. Yeah. Refreshing. As interesting as your experiment is, Mike, I can't help but think that you'd save some time and trouble if you just bought some Dr. Pepper. <laughs> look, look, man, um, <laughs> I want to see if this theory is correct. This is science. <laughs> This is science, man. If you like Storytime with Tom and Mike or our Let's Play channel, Gaming with Tom and Mike, please consider contributing to our Patreon. For only $1 a month, you'll receive access to bonus content such as lost segments from the podcast, unaired gaming videos, behind-the-scenes audio and video, sketches, and more. Just go to www.patreon.com slash Tom and Mike. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. So how long have you been doing the podcast for? This has been literally we started the week that uh, the United States started shutting everything down for COVID. So March of 2020, like I think that the next week we were like, hey, why don't we start recording something like we're not going to be keep our sanity. Yeah, Mm. keep our sanity. We know we're going to be in this for a while. This lockdown is not going away anytime soon. And, uh, and, and then originally for like maybe the first six weeks, we recorded twice to three times a week, uh, and would we would record two episodes so that I had something coming out every single day. And, uh, that lasted not long before we were like, that was, that was way too intense. Yeah. Yeah. I burnt yeah. out. I was on the verge of total burnout and I was like, we got to change this. And then we went weekly and yeah, that's, that is definitely something that's tenable. You know, you can, yeah, I can manage a weekly podcast. 
mm-hmm. especially since it doesn't have the video aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause that I, I know if I did a video podcast, I'd be throwing a lot of graphics and special effects and fun stuff in there because that's just something I like to do. And I'd end up taking like a month on an episode. <laughs> that's it. It's the same with, um, with God chat is, I've worked out it takes about eight hours to produce a 20-minute episode. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of writing, recording, editing, you know, getting the sound right. It's 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 a long, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, but I don't, I don't think people appreciate how much work goes into a podcast. And then you put it out into the world and everyone's like, huh. You know, it's like this bemused response, like, oh, wow, you're answering. And it's like, yeah, I spent a lot of hard work making the thing. Maybe you could spend the 15 minutes it would take to listen to it. That's it. Well, see, I I totally enjoy the writing and recording process. Yeah, yeah. Audio nerd, just love doing it, right? Mm -hmm. But in terms of promotion, like, I just don't do any. And I just... That's, I just reached out to you guys and I just thought, you know, let's just see if we can do a bit of a promo swap or something. But that, that's where I feel oh, yeah. I just can't be bothered. I'm just terrible at promoting it. Um, yeah, so. I am too. I don't know how it works. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I I've care. never figured it out. And I've been doing this stuff or something like it since yeah. I was in my, maybe my 20s, the early 20s. Yeah, right. Okay. You know, like not always podcasts, but always something creative, trying to put myself out there and then not being able to hook into any given like audience, you know, and I would say of all the things I've done, this podcast, you know, is probably the most successful. We're getting to the point now where we're looking at maybe like 30 listeners an episode on, Mm -hmm. on average, which is, which is like. A year ago, that's a huge it was, number. Yeah, <laughs> compared I, to what it was. Yeah, it was like ten. If we were lucky, right. a year ago. So, and this is all just sort of organic word of mouth and collaboration with people. Yeah, like I haven't marketed it at all, and I don't really want to. I kind of want to. I kind of like the grassroots yeah. feel. Totally, you know? totally agree with you. And um, I had a podcast previous to this called Conversations with God. Okay. Um, and then I've sort of I've re- reiterated it sort of a while ago to God Chat. And I did try and do a lot of promoting on that. And just like being on Facebook and trying to promote stuff, it's honestly, I just lost the will to live. It was yeah. just such a like, you know, just it's just like pushing shit up a hill. So organic, <laughs> organic way is totally the way to go for me because I'm not really in it to, I just enjoy doing it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's a labor of love. If this wasn't fun, I wouldn't be doing it. If I wasn't enjoying every minute of it, like I, I often bitch to Mike, like, God, you're making my editing difficult, you know, all the time, but realistically (laughs) ducking that audio in and out, clipping this piece, making this fit together is like, it's like, this awesome puzzle that I get to make and decide how it comes together and how it flows. And like at the point where I bug him with the video game stuff, I'm like, I bug Mike to come over so I can get more footage to edit, you know, Mm -hmm. because I'm a video guy too. I like a lot of video editing and, 
And uh, it, it's just, it's fun. It's creative. It's yes. cathartic. And I, I'm beholden only to the people who are interested in it and no one else. I'm yeah. not, I'm not answering to some fucking executive somewhere. And if that ever becomes the answer, the thing I'll sell the property and Mike and I can walk away with a million dollars, you know, but I'll get yeah. a little bit of that because I don't put as much work into it. So, yeah. You see, no, Mike, you're the talent. I've tried to I'm tell the you face. I'm yeah. the face. You're the talent. <laughs> and, and the talent actually just recently, see, Tony, you missed out. I was having horrible connection issues to the extent that we couldn't get through an episode without me losing my internet yeah, or something yeah. along those lines. I just fixed it yesterday or the day before. Nice. So, Divine just, intervention, Michael. Just for you, thank you. <laughs> is um is, is oh, your where, where you live? Ah, yeah. You've so you've said so. It's quite um um. Is it quite a religious area? And and I'm I'm guessing yes. Yeah, yes. So yeah. yeah. I would say so for sure. Uh, a lot of christian mentality a lot of, a lot of roman catholic churches mm -hmm. around us yeah mm -hmm. and uh very like uh, uh so not only like christian but stodgy christian you know like yes this isn't the kind of place you accuse somebody of being pious in the middle of an argument i learned yeah <laughs> yeah yeah okay Nice. <laughs> uh, I, I threw that out at a lady at a Catholic school and she was like, Oh, what? Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh man, it was like the equivalent of going Jesus, Mary and Joseph in front of my grandmother. I thought she was going to reach across the desk and slap me. <laughs> I get the picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was raised Lutheran, which is kind of like Catholic only without the confession and the, uh maybe like a little less of the guilt i was gonna say where does the guilt come in on that chart i would say probably like if 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 catholicism is a 10 lutheran is like maybe in a seven and a half or an eight so you know and less child less child abuse with the lutherans or uh to my knowledge i've never had any problems with it uh and i was not you know i went through you know the catechism and all that stuff so uh you don't really hear about it unless it's the roman catholics that are doing yeah. it apparently so the yeah. other ones are either really good at hiding it or they have an excellent pr department something it's one of the two i think it's cool or they're not doing it in the jehovah's witnesses as well i think that's they're quite um problematic I don't. Uh, I don't get I, it i i don't know much about the jehovah's witness they're kind of like aliens the only yeah. thing I know is that they like to walk up to my door and knock on the door. But if you drive past their place, they got a gate up. Yeah. That's not very welcoming. They don't knock anymore because of COVID, which is, I suppose, one of the silver linings of the COVID cloud. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's, Small victories. Although, yeah. although that didn't stop the guy from driving up in his van with his truck full of meat and trying to sell me meat out of the back of a van. Yeah. Did, did you have people that do that? Nine. We have people that drive around in vehicles selling food and the best ones, like you've got your, you got your, your people that drive around with like name brand stuff that are legitimate. 
And then you have ones that show up in a, ref- it's like a, like a mid eighties Chevy pickup with a refrigerated box on the back of it. That doesn't look like it's working. And he's trying to sell you some prime grade steaks comes to you completely unsolicited and wants to sell you meat out of the back of a truck. <laughs> it's the craziest business model I've ever seen. The, and, and they're, they're like, so openly con men that it's oh, yeah. a, a, like, like this guy comes up to me, he's walking through my yard to get yeah. to me quicker because yeah, he yeah. could have walked around the car, but instead he just darted through my yard to talk to me because he's in such a hurry. And he's like, who's the man in your castle? Who's the man in your castle? I'm like, uh, I am my and wife. I can't help but notice that you're crossing my moat right now. What do you want? And he's like, ah, man, don't you like steaks? I'm like, no, I don't eat meat. And he goes, oh, what? Oh, all right. <laughs> Does your wife I'm surprised meat? they don't have like almost meat or something in <laughs> yeah, there, you know, like, like beyond burgers. Oh, yeah. It's not real meat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this isn't really meat. I mean, it's yeah. meat, but the Dunny USDA meat. would call it, you know, meat. Yeah, but Dunny look how meat. green it is. <laughs> You don't eat meat. It's okay. I've got some chicken in the van. <laughs> yeah, that'd oh, be the day I bought raw chicken out of a truck. <laughs> yeah. Just like a pound of orange roughy. Yeah, it's a, yeah. You know, instant salmonella. <laughs> yeah, I generally go to the store and buy meat. That's usually the. Yeah, place. I gotta say, I've never bought anything off of one of those street vendors uh, like that, but. I have known people that have, and they've been like, "Oh, it wasn't bad." And I'm like, "You must have lucked out." That's like, that's like mm-hmm. playing Russian roulette, man. You just happen yeah. to get the empty chamber <laughs> because I bet you nine times out of ten, you know, you're it's really cool. rolling the dice on that yeah, one. It depends on the food truck. I mean, some of them are are really good, you know, like Schwalms. Schwalms is good. Yeah. yeah. And and like there's this uh, Mexican uh, uh, food uh, truck that comes around my building every, I think every Wednesdays and Thursdays. Uh, now Roach Coaches are a whole different story. Those things usually have really good food. Yeah, but I Despite know what the you're name talking, Roach Coach. You're talking about like the typical stall with like four wet bins in it. Like that you can put hot dogs and relish and pickles mm-hmm. and okay, that's yeah. You never know what you're getting with that. That water is not staying hot enough. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, if, if you've eaten a dirty water hot dog off the streets of Philadelphia, you you are you're just fine. Yeah, you have gotten ready for anything. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. the case. <laughs> yeah, it's, it temper it tempers your immune system. The fact that we have a name that everybody recognizes with dirty water hot dogs is bad enough. <laughs> And and the only place I know where you'll buy soft pretzels off of a guy who has them in a brown bag with newspaper on uh, highway off ramps. <laughs> Free enterprise, uh, baby. <laughs> great American dream. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, to own a food cart. <laughs> I had a friend who wanted to to own a food cart, and he was going to call it Taco Joe's, and I was like. And I was like, and how are you going to be different? It's like, well, it's, I don't know. It's just got a cool name. I'm like, that's your business motto. Taco Joe's. 
that's your yeah. business model like what's your angle dude what, why should i shop at taco joe's Aside joe from is the cool name, name of the latino that i trust <laughs> to make my food yeah uh, it's just i i don't know but that was that that was one of those guys that, that always had like a, a quick rich get quick mm. get rich quick rich scheme. quick yeah. yeah yeah like some some angle he was gonna do to to strike it rich and never have to work again and 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 you know that you only go through that cycle with somebody so many times where you're kind of like i'll leave you to it then you know like <laughs> <laughs> you have fun let me know if you're yeah. ever successful maybe i'll pat you on the back for it but i, I i'm not gonna hold my breath no <laughs> <laughs> What made you decide to go in the direction that you did with your podcast? I think it's important that someone holds God to account for all of the um, horrific things that happen down here on earth. It's true. I absolutely yeah. agree with that. Yeah. I now, don't think people question it enough. Do you believe in God on any level? Well, I chat to him. I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the, way, the way you said that, and then the straight face. Oh God. Okay. Uh, you know the atheist types are all very. All oh, where's your evidence? All um, I don't believe that. And it's like, well, if this is an evidence, if a, if a 20 minute biweekly, no, bi fortnightly, bi monthly. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It, it, it comes out sometimes. If me chatting to God on a podcast <laughs> isn't evidence enough. I don't know what is. I don't know what the atheists want, to be honest. I mean, I feel like the voice is definitely spot on I, from what I understood. So uh, is God, in fact, a white uh, Anglo-Saxon or or do, do you not know? I mean, have you seen him in person or you, you just yeah, he, he does come down to the studio sometimes. Okay. And, and yeah, you're right. You, you've described him beautifully. Um, uh, very old. Uh, skin's really, really flaky. Like, he mm. just leaves leaves a big trail. He needs to moisturize, is what you're he saying. He leaves a big trail of Jurassic dermis every time he walks out of the studio behind him. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a mess. But yeah, he is as you described him. The um, you know the gown, the beard, um, the, the the sort of golden gray hair. Um, yeah, excellent. Well, from from what I've listened to of the show. I've gotten the impression God doesn't really hear the word no an awful lot. Like he kind of, he doesn't take well to criticism. Nah, he, he is a little bit of an egotist, I, I mm. must say. Um, mm. And he doesn't, he doesn't really um, give a shit, to be fair, I don't think. Uh, like sometimes we talk about the Old Testament um, and he doesn't see anything wrong with some of the horrors that are in there, which is, which is strange. Um, we do, we do actually, there's some, there are some useful bits in it. And I, and I like to think of, uh, God chat with God and Tony as a resource for people as well. So we do a bit called, um, God's broth. And, um, in, in that part of the episode, God will make a broth. Um, so, you know, you can get cooking tips from, from the podcast. Um, we do a bit as well called, uh, God's will. And, it, you know, as, as God's getting on, he's getting older. So sometimes we'll discuss what God's leaving to who on earth where, when he finally 
decides to die. Um, like he wants to leave New Zealand to the English royal family. Like, you know, people want to know that. Yeah, that's what's important it, information. What's he leaving you? I got to know. You're his partner in this. Um, well, he hasn't actually told me, but I've, I've told him I'd really like his beard. All right. Hmm. Then I will be the one that will have beard envy, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. My beard will make a sound of angels singing as I'm stroking it. Yeah. Just make sure you get all that uh, dander and so forth out of there first. Clean it up. Yeah, I'll send it to the dry cleaners. Brush it about, <laughs> brush it about 150 times on each side. Wash, yeah, rinse, repeat. It. Yeah, yeah. Really want to get that beard oil in so it. You know the skin underneath stays moisturized, and got to moisturize. Don't want to get those split ends. You know, mm. you want to have that celestial beard. Mm. That's it. Uh, we, we were recording an episode the other day, and um, he was in a hurry to go. I'm like, you know, have you got to be somewhere? And he's like, well, yeah, I'm getting my bat waxed at two thirty. And it's like, mm. oh, there's going to be a lot of hair there. And he said he actually donates his back waxed hair. Um, and they actually put it through a bailing machine, and he said it's enough hair to fill four thousand queen-size mattresses. Wow! Right. Ooh, so he, he does give a bit back. That sounds heavenly. Yeah, yeah. that really does. Yeah. I mean, sleeping on God's back hair, back hair. just yeah. sounds like mm. it's going to be hopefully not wiry, but just well, nice and soft. Certainly, certainly hypoallergenic. I would say. Yeah. 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 You know, I don't know that anybody has an allergy to God dander. No, so no, maybe the devil. Well, Satan's not as giving. I think his mattress would that'd be terrible. Now, does 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 Satan ever give you guys a hard time? Does he ever try to show up on the show and 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 make excuses for his behavior? Um, no, that's never happened. Mm. I don't know why. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know with, with the devil. I think I think God sold us a bit of a. Um, he's thrown us a curveball. I don't think he's probably as bad as everyone thinks he is. I think he's got yeah, a lot of bad press. Yeah, I've gotten that you, impression too. If, if you look at the Bible and you can actually look this up, is God's responsible for like two or three million deaths in the Bible? If you count the the flood and um, all these other horrific things that he did, and the devil killed about two or three people. So I don't know. Like I'm, I'm thinking like. A bit of bad press there for the devil. Well, I yeah. mean, he—he's he's also the guy that kind of gave us some awareness of what a raw deal we were getting. I, I think mm. you know he—he—he was—he was just trying to tell us what was up. He, you know, and and he got punished for that. You know, like like mm. that. I guess I got the impression that God's kind of a tyrant. You know, he—he mm. he, he yeah. just—he's a bully. He's like, oh, he don't tell them about that. And then he'd say, ah, yeah, I caught you. Now you, you get to be in hell forever. And uh, yeah. yeah. And I'm going to make you the scapegoat too. For anything I fuck up on, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make you the bad guy. And yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. I'm going to send down, I'm going to send down an angel to impregnate um, a woman with my son so I can have him crucified 30 years later for stuff that I knew was going to happen because I invented it all. <laughs> yeah yeah oh and <laughs> i'm gonna give you free will because i created the i created the angels but the angels didn't have free will and they loved me and that wasn't enough because i knew that i made them love me so i had to create my 
Self-esteem is so low that I have to create an entire species with free will so they can choose to love me so it's real and it feels better. That's what I think of when I think of Yahweh. <laughs> I think and, of this child. And I'm, and I'm the winner of the longest ever game of hide and go see. <laughs> <laughs> I know Jesus was doing pretty good there, but then I found him behind my couch once and uh, it was all over for him then. Yeah, well, you found him. <laughs> I did. It's one of my favorite t-shirts. It says, I found Jesus. He was behind my couch the whole time. <laughs> That's the thing with Jesus as well. A lot of religious people say, oh, he gave his only son. It's like, not true. He gave his only son for the weekend and then he went back up to heaven. Right. So, yeah. Like he's like, Okay, so he had a long weekend without Jesus, and then he, he was back again. Yeah. It was yeah, it was just kind of a you know one of those parental reprieves. Yeah, and just kind of you know so I sent him away for a little bit because I'm you know kind of tired of his whining. Yeah. So like he get just... rid of him for a couple of days, and I'll resurrect him and all that business, and you know. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I would I, think I'm... that heaven would be more home for Jesus anyway. Like. Isn't that like home? Like, like wasn't earth basically like his college years? That's the whole point is he got sent to earth and then sacrificed for our sins that we did, but he knew we were going to do God. Right. He knew we were going to do these sins. So right. He sent his son down. So he would have known he was going to have his son sacrificed before we did it all. Right. And then mm -hmm. he sent him down and then he died for the weekend and then went back home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this guy doesn't seem like he's on the up and up. There's a lot of holes in his story. No. Mm. There is. And I have a lot of fun sort of um, revealing them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have to ask if you could ask him for me. I mean, only if you have the opportunity. Ooh. Here we go. A question. We okay, do have yeah. a part in the episode called AGA, which is Ask God Anything. So, yeah, I right. certainly. Okay. Your question. God is all forgiving. If he yeah. is, why is there a hell? Wouldn't he just forgive whoever did whatever and and just uh, you know be like, hey, it's all good, no worries. In okay. you go. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, doesn't it have to do with something like you have to repent on your deathbed and then you go into heaven? Anyway, but I, I if I'll he's all him. forgiving, even if you didn't repent, wouldn't he automatically though have to forgive you? I, I don't, you know. Yeah, but what, what you soon find out when you look into this even a little bit is it's just the amount of contradictions there are within it. Uh, it's just it, like it's just, it's just everywhere. We, we you are the first a... person that I have asked that to in my entire life that was able yeah. to give me a coherent answer and not just go, what? Well, uh, you know, like I normally, I normally stymie them with that one. Normally that one gets me mm. out of conversations. They're like, I don't know. Well, so it's, it's, it's the old adage, can God make a rock so big that he can't lift it up? If he can do anything. Yeah. Well, if he can do that, then that means he can't do anything because you can't pick the rock up. But if he can't do it, then it doesn't mean he's all powerful. So it, it's, 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 it, it becomes very clear that it was, invented by people who didn't really understand how the universe worked a few thousand years ago. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and I think also it was probably someone who figured out that 
if you have a monotheistic God as opposed to a polytheistic theistic, uh, uh, pantheon, <coughs> and you say, well, you know, Yahweh says this, you know, if I'm a polytheistic person, I could say, oh, well, fuck you. I just won't worship him. I'll go worship this guy. I'll go worship Athena, whatever. You know, when you have a monotheistic vision of God, then if that guy says it, well, it's my way or the highway. So it's kind of like I always think of the character of, of, you know, the monotheistic God, the Yahweh, as being this guy who kind of got off the reservation and said, hey, uh, I want more attention than everybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just going to tell him that I'm God and everyone else is false. And I'm going to create an avatar that, on Earth to prove it, you know. That, that basically is the first few commandments. It's all about him. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like you shall not worship any false gods. Uh, do you know what I mean? It's all about him. The the, mm-hmm. the, the first sort of four or five commandments. And it's just like, wow! If, but if he invented us or made us, why does he need to tell us to worship him? Shouldn't he, shouldn't he just have been built that into us? You know, right. like he invented he invented the eye, which is quite complicated. I'm sure he can put a bit in that just says, ah, just just believe God's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've often wondered, too, with all the books of the Bible, why hasn't God come out with his own official version of it? So that we don't have to worry about these these other books. We don't have to worry about Leviticus. We don't have to worry about, you know, the book of James. We don't have to worry well, about guess, any of that. I guess that's what the New Testament was. Um, it, you know, God, uh, Jesus was supposed to sort of be like the the hippie sort of coming down Story to earth. and. Bit, bit more chilled out but um yeah there's still there's still horror in the new testament yeah it's a good question why doesn't he just like for example why doesn't he just let everybody know that actually slavery which is which is prolific in the bible isn't all right yeah, yeah. Right. just just give right. us an update like bible 2.0 um yeah you, you can't own people that's bad what to put in the bible that's yeah living make it a living document that can be yeah it yeah, can be yeah. added I, to, you know, like, yeah, hey, I Google didn't. Docs. I didn't think of everything. <laughs> How was yeah. I to know that this was going to be seven an issue? Days. <laughs> <laughs> for crying out loud, for my <laughs> sake! <laughs> it's the new I Bible. Now, yeah. now, now, everyone has a say. It's like Wikipedia; it just gets uh, yeah, open source, constantly edited and changed. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Let them take their fight to. The- That's perfect. No more, uh, no more of this religious fighting where we're blowing people up. Let's just set up a website where everyone can just, just you know, constantly edit each other's stuff out. Troll have the hell out of each other. Troll flame wars yeah. about it. You know, you're talking about YouTube. <laughs> i've been in the comment section it's true yeah 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 this is true but uh, yeah it, and uh, i just get very frustrated when when someone expects me to take my moral lessons from a 2000 plus year old bronze age methodology to understanding the cause the, the, the cosmos like, like it was fine then, but we have developed so much now. Can't the splendor of the universe be enjoyed in the, in the, the, and couched in terms that we understand today instead of this spooky mystical bullshit 
that that doesn't serve anybody other than as a scaffolding for their own emotional growth. Yeah, you, you framed it really well. And I think the big problem is a couple of thousand years ago, we thought thunder and lightning was Thor. Then science told us that it wasn't. And all these things have been worked out. We understand how stuff works now. We understand the weather. We understand the climate. We understand the universe. Um, but there's, there's this thing called the God of the gaps. And it's just because a lot of the time a human being doesn't understand the difference or they think something's too complicated. They put God in that gap. They say, ah, oh, the universe, yeah, that couldn't have just come from nowhere. It must be a creator. And they place, then they put the God in front of that concept. And that's what they used to do with thunder and lightning and earthquakes and floods. They'd say, oh, that couldn't happen on its own. Let's put a God there and say that had to God's be God's the one who keeps stealing my socks out of the dryer then too. He hides your car keys. Yeah. Damn it. Next yeah. time, oh, you got me. That's what I'm going <laughs> to do. Oh, you slick, you. You, you bugger. But that's 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 how I see it, Tom, is it's just people, unfortunately, and I don't really mock religious people. Um, that's their choice, as long as they're not bringing it to me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, it's just like we need to stop putting something mystical with no evidence behind things that we can probably work out given enough time for the, the I, real reason. I did find your podcast to be very respectful. Yeah, it is. It's yes. it, 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 it's uh it's it's wholesome. There's something wholesome about yeah. it. Yeah, you definitely. Know? Wholesome is a good you're, way to put you're it. You're not yeah. you're not putting anybody down. You're just making observations and that's surely going to piss some people off, but you can't really you, avoid you piss that. Them off no matter what you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I don't think that, yeah, I don't think that you're doing anything that's uh, disrespectful to religion. And quite frankly, my take on respecting religion is that to a certain degree, respect must be earned. I will treat anybody fairly. But if you come at me demanding that I respect your doctrine, I will point out its flaws. Mm. I will stand there and I will say, well, what do you say about well, you're talking to me? Like, for example, I, I had a teacher in high school who was uh, very religious and she tried to push it on everyone. And <laughs> I got, oh, God, it just popped into my head. Sorry. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Um, absolutely yeah one time i pointed out to her that somewhere in the book of i think it's like the book of romans or something like that there's a very clear statement that women aren't supposed to speak or teach mm, yeah speak in, ch in church or teach the bible supposed to, to sit anyone. at the back and listen yeah right and and i asked her i asked her what she thought of that and she kicked me out of class yeah <laughs> because I, she that's couldn't... the answer get the hell out yeah, does not she, compute. She yeah. couldn't. She sent me back to my shop teacher, and my shop teacher laughed when I told her what I said. But told him what I said. But uh, yeah, it was. She would not process that. To her, that was disrespect. And I was like, I'm answering it. I'm asking an honest question here. Mm. You stand here and teach, and you teach Bible stuff to people when your bible says you're not to do that mm. please explain how you reconcile this to me mm. i want to understand that because maybe you're right and maybe i'm not understanding something mm. and all i got was a slap in the face and it was like well you know 
you're ruining my curiosity about your religion by refusing to discuss topics and making them mm. taboo. And <laughs> as an 18 year old, 16 year old kid, I want to cross those those boundaries. I want to exactly right. I want to transgress those things and and see where the world takes me. So you're giving me a bad example. You're you're teaching me you're teaching me to fight against what your belief is. The harder you want me to do it, the more I'm going to explore other avenues. Yeah, it, it should be an open dialogue and back and forth. Yeah, um, and then you're going to be like, oh, okay, you know, you can work it out for yourself. But it's the same with slavery. It's very explicit in the Bible about how to treat your slave, when you can beat them up, who you right. can give them to. It's very, it's very explicit. There's no ambiguity. Um, and people say, oh, but it was different times back then. It's like, mm, <laughs> that's, right, that's okay. like the excuse of having your racist uncle and being like, well, I grew up in a different time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly right. It's just like, yeah. no, no it's not okay. People can't own people and the creator of the universe has mandated that you can own people so it's just like yeah anyway I'll, we have a lot of fun sort of pointing these things out it's low-hanging fruit but um makes us laugh <laughs> Truth. although i imagine you must have a pretty immense education in the bible to be able to to come up with content i, I feel like you do i mean i grew no. up catholic and, you know, you're throwing stuff out here that I'm like, this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah, it's because you weren't, they don't teach you the bad shit in the Bible. That's it. That is true. That is literally true. They just teach all the rainbows and kittens and nice stuff and they don't go through. It's like the history you know, books in Germany. Yeah. Yeah, the edited version, but they don't stand up at the front of the pulpit and, and preach how to treat your slave in, in church these days. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, I don't remember ever hearing that one, no. No, there's the story of, um, who was it, Lot, who um, two angels came to his house and all the people of Sodom wanted to um, have sex with the angels, so he threw his two teenage daughters to the uh, to the crowd of people that wanted sex instead. It's just like no one preaches that. And all you have to do, Mike, is just Google horrific things in the Bible. That's what I do. <laughs> and then you just get all these horrific things in the Bible. <laughs> it's, not, it's not hard to find. I don't. It's, it's, true. <laughs> it's true. And there's been plenty of time for people to dissect it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've literally got bookmarked all these websites where, you know, oh, God. Um, things about misogyny, things about racism, things about homophobia. <laughs> and then any time I, think... I want... I just I can just re use those as a resource and it's there. And then I'll go and fact check it against the actual Bible to make sure that I'm not just pulling shit out of my ass. Um and generally it's it's right. It's it's all in there. You in the do Bible. a very convincing job. Like it just feels like it just right off the tongue oh, for you. you there. Like you just roll Appreciate right that. through. Although I think from what angels actually were supposed to look like, it'd be terrifying trying to have sex with one of them. I just wanted to throw it back that yeah. up for a second and throw that in the there. Big wings. Yes. <laughs> yeah, doggy style would be an issue. Punch <laughs> <laughs> my eye out. <laughs> I kind of want to have sex with that thing with all the cycles of rings that are spinning around in all different directions. Oh. I feel like <laughs> I feel like that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You have to be pretty bendy to get to get down with that yeah, thing. Yeah, it'd be though. weird, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway. So there's plenty of there's plenty of material let's put it like that and we did a part once um god's top 10 diseases where we went through the you know the the top 10 diseases in the world and which ones 
like heart disease is obviously the, the biggest one. Um, so yeah, we, we have lots of fun with that. And um, why you can't just eradicate mosquitoes because they're responsible for so many deaths. And you know, we, it's just it's just endless the amount of things you can sort of um, prod with a stick in terms of uh, religion <laughs> and God. <laughs> and make it entertaining and non-threatening at the same time. It it's yeah. it's a beautiful a beautiful formula that you got going on there. Oh, I really appreciate that. It's really kind. Um, yeah. A lot of atheists do tend to get a little bit angry about stuff. Um, but yeah, we're just trying to just, just, it's just funny. I just want to have a bit of a giggle. Life's serious enough as it is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That is the truth. Absolutely. Yeah. Plus, I, I think that, you, honestly, I think the comedy is a better vector to get people thinking than, than, mm. than anger, you know? Yeah. A lot of people get up and they scream and they yell. And what, what are you thinking when you see that person? I don't care what that person has to say. I just want to walk past him as quickly as possible yeah. and not make eye contact. But if someone's making me laugh, I'm listening to them. I mean, so listening to them, I'm learning from them, you know, and, mm. and I'm like, whoa, this person has some pretty interesting shit to say. And I never thought of it that way, mm. you know? So, so I think, yeah, like as far as getting a, a message about critical thinking out there into the world, comedy is a great mm. approach, mm. you know, and and your 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 podcast is definitely not lacking in that department at all. You know, um, I'm, I'm, I my wife has about a million podcasts that she listens to, so I'm trying to right. get her to slot yours in there <laughs> somewhere because it's right up her alley because she is always listening to like like biblical history and like, like the history of the Quran and, mm. and like Buddhism oh, right. and everything. Yeah. yeah. She loves all that stuff. She eats it up and uh, uh, she just, and it's fun because then she'll use it and you like, she's this quiet unassuming person and we'll be having a conversation and suddenly she'll just strike out of nowhere with this cold, hard piece of logic like like yeah great that predates christianity and judaism and all these other religions and goes back to like babylonian times i should yeah. just drop this gleaming nugget of knowledge and everyone in the room goes oh uh, oh, <laughs> oh <Yeah. laughs> okay wow i wasn't expecting that <laughs> and uh yeah like <clears throat> One thing that I found really fascinating about the book of Revolution Revelations is that it's almost certainly a criticism on Nero. Like there's there's oh, really okay. yeah, uh I should send you a link. Uh it's it's about the 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 book of revelations, but basically it's all allegory to things that were going on in that time. And the number of 666 was actually the number of Nero. Um taking his initials and comparing them to Greek or something like that, and then turning them to numbers. It was some sort of numerology trick <laughs> just to hide the truth about, because this guy didn't want to get hung at the stake or, or, or crucif be crucified for his writings. Mm. So he was putting it in wow. allegory. Yeah. It's pretty interesting stuff. Uh, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. It, like, you know, nobody knows who wrote a lot of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And um, with a lot of Bible, you got to remember that nothing was really written down until I think 60 or 70 years in the New Testament after mm -hmm. Jesus died. That's 60, 70 years. And then they start writing stuff about this guy that lived. I mean, I can barely remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. 
Yeah, and they're, right. and, they're, and they're writing 60, 70 years. And then there's scribes and then there's different languages. And then the scribes they found with the Bible that um, would write their own comments in the in the margins. And then they get added into the next version. And it's just like, and, you know, and they say and they say it's the perfect word of God. It's like, well, it's not, is it really? Because there's no. so many permutations. Yeah. Like language, interpretation, um, time. Um, that that are just clearly inaccurate and not right. So it's it's yeah. Mushroom in the cross. Um, one of the uh, I'm trying to look this up real quick. Sacred mushroom. Yeah. So one of the most interesting uh, like like explanations for the Christ figure was from this book by John Allegro called The Sacred Mushroom and the Cross. Basically, he he suggested that some kind of psychoactive mushroom was growing in caves in the areas where, where uh, this was going, like where all this was going on and that the disciples of this were eating the mushrooms and experiencing religious ecstasy and then uh, going out and spreading the word. And they decided like, no one will understand if we just say this is mushrooms. So we need to, we need to invent this character called Jesus. You know, someone like we'll borrow from old, let's say uh, Mithras. We'll say the, the the legends of Mithras. We'll just borrow this old character and we'll we'll resurrect him, so to speak, and use him as our our figurehead. But no one will figure out he's not a real dude. You know, we'll make him the only white guy with a beard <laughs> in a land yeah. of very brown people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love do. that. I love that idea that Jesus is from Texas. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like, but that is such an American thing. And, and it, is. it is like this. It is and, this, and you, a really good analogy. And I can't take the credit for it was someone said to me once, it's like, if you're born in China, you speak Chinese. If you're born in England, you speak English. And it's the same with religions. It's where you're born yeah. is that religion. And people don't even see that um, basic observation when they look around the world. It's like, I'll point to that country in the map, Muslim, um, Sikh, uh, if it's over in that country. But people don't even see that. Like, the, there's all these gods that are floating over certain countries. It's just bizarre. And, <laughs> I just find it really bizarre. That's kind of why I wanted to start what I do because I just it's just ridiculous. But then again, this is the other really um I suppose scary part is it's because I wasn't brought up in religion. Mm. If I was brought up in a religious family, I'd probably have a very different um view and this is the danger of um sometimes the danger with with children with bringing them up with religion because they're so susceptible to what you say yeah and then Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that struggle with the concept of hell because they were told when they were four years old don't pick your nose you go to hell and you know i'm screwed if that's the case (laughs) even as an adult oh but well you know it's it's almost it's almost child abuse yeah you're scaring the hell out of children and yeah it's just yeah anyway that's kind of my take on it my uh my favorite thing from religion is masturbation guilt that's that's Mm. my favorite thing you know if if you weren't supposed to do it why does everything fit together so perfectly well and and like you need more guilt in your teen years 
You know, <laughs> right. like, you know you've already, already got so yeah. much other shit going on. <laughs> I remember being guilty about things I didn't even do. Like, <laughs> like the teacher would say something and I'd be like, well, I didn't do that, but maybe I should. I've done other bad things. So I should, I should just fess up to it and take my lumps. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. And I remember, I remember being so convinced that I was going to go to hell and and I look back on that and I don't really blame my parents because they were only doing what their parents taught them ad nauseum yeah. back to the beginning yeah. of this whole generation thing. Generation. Yeah. 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 But but what I was subjected to was child abuse. I was made to feel wrong about who I was, about who I am and and mm. and, and you know, like my questions were pushed aside. And, and, and like, they said, you just have to have faith. And I'm like, after a mm -hmm. while, I, I stopped looking at it. George as Michael also said that. Yeah. You gotta yeah. have faith. I think he, I think he was talking he about romantic, romantic endeavors. Faith is faith, man. Yeah. Faith no more. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you guys hey, want to wrap on, up? On another note, really, yeah, but really sad, definitely, but I don't know whether you want to put this in or not, but really sad news about Meatloaf passing. There you go. What? Yeah, yeah, Meatloaf died. You didn't know that? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. had that last night. Well, you I've been on the road all day today. I literally, from the time I got up until uh, just mm. before we got on here, I was not home. I did not know that. Meatloaf died I mean, and, yeah. and Louis Anderson. Louis Anderson too? Yeah. Boy, this year is starting out to be Drop, shit. They're dropping like flies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, uh, Anthrax is Scott. Ian is married to Meatloaf's daughter. There's a connection right there. Uh, Makes me sad. That right? I didn't know that. Yes. Her name is Pearl. Yeah. Yep. No, I was really sad. I was really sad about that because like, yeah. He, like, yeah, what a great actor, what a great musician. Yeah, he, he was uh, uh, probably... Like, like the one of the reasons why the movie Fight Club worked. Yeah, the self-deprecating humor in in, yeah. in the bitch tits. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't think any other actor. I don't think any other actor could have pulled him his character off. And he's glue. Like people don't realize how important he glues that whole story mm. together up to and including mm. his death and the his name is Robert mm. Paulson thing. Like all mm. of it is like this tangled sickness. It's the one little tendril of hope in this weave of sickness that the character of, mm. of Jack like clings to. And when he's killed, it all falls apart. And that's when he, that's when he diverges with Tyler in the movie. Mm. And uh, I really think that, that, that at its emotional core, that story is about how he's dealing with, with, uh, with uh, Robert Paulson's death. And, that's unfortunate. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I have a lot of theories about that movie, though. <laughs> uh, I, one of my favorite Fight Club theories is the one that says that uh, um, Calvin and Hobbes is the child version of, of Jack and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jack and Tyler. Wow. Well. 
hey, thanks so much for joining us today. And uh, we really enjoyed it. You're welcome back anytime. Anytime. And uh, I always uh, appreciate that. Anything you'd like to plug in terms of when's your next podcast dropping? Yeah, the next uh, week or so, probably next weekend, episode 14 will be out. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. God chat with God and Tony. Have a listen. Um, yeah, it's all right. It might make you smile. Yeah. Definitely. And we will include a link in the uh, description uh, to Tony's podcast. So, uh, excellent. Thank, thanks again, guys. Appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Have Good a great day. And you. See ya. See ya. Bye. All this God talk tonight made me think of when I was a, a, a young kid. I, had, I, I might have been like five at the oldest. And I was uh, at church. And there was this kid who I think his name was Seth. And he was he was standing uh, on the stool drinking from the water fountain. And I decided that I needed water way more than him. So I pushed his big bald <laughs> noggin or his big blonde noggin between the, the wall and the, um, the, the, the water fountain and, and then proceeded to drink as he screamed and tried to uh, dislodge his head from between these objects. <laughs> Betwixt. <Yeah. laughs> well, as much as I'm enjoying this story of, of a rather bullish incident, I'm going to have to cut you off there because I just looked at the clock and we are out of time. So that's going to have to be a story for another time. Thanks for listening to Storytime with Tom and Mike. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed giving it to you. Giving it to you like the virtual sermon that you received tonight about God and his many splendorous ways. Amen. Amen and goodbye. Goodbye.